Hey everybody, the heat of the summer is here and we hope you're having a rocking good day. Well, in the music world, two headlines are at the top of page one. A, the Woodstock 50-year anniversary festival has been canceled. If you listened in to episode 38, our guest Deborah Davis, YouTube webcast producer for several festivals, mentioned that the odds were against Woodstock 2019 happening. This does not bum me out in, in any way. Back in 69, the stars aligned perfectly to pull off the Woodstock happening. To try and relive that moment, it just isn't going to happen. I don't put nostalgia at the top of my rock and roll wish list, personally. Now, festivals that have a commitment to deliver every year with a solid event and musical strategy, that I can go for. Headline 2. Willie Nelson has dropped out of his solo and outlaw music festival tour schedules for the rest of the year. This is the third time this year he has canceled gigs. His issues with emphysema are becoming a serious challenge. FYI, the Outlaw Music Festivals will move forward without him. My thoughts and prayers, as I'm sure yours as well, go out to Willie and his family. Get well, head outlaw. We look forward to seeing you on the stage in 2020. On a political front, please take five minutes and call or write your congressman and senator on looking into passing some logical gun control legislation. Please. My wife recently talked with a gun store owner, and even he agreed that better background check processes need to be in place. Please take a few minutes to keep the heat on our representatives. Your efforts very well may save the life of one of your loved ones down the road. Our guest today is my friend David Allen Trammell. He is a local musical artist that works hard to write music that he and local rising stars can perform and record. He's a great bud, so let's get the show underway. Amy? This is the Dogger and Muddy Music Show. Listen up. It's all about the music. Let's check in on the artists, songs, and people behind the scenes. Are you listening? All right, I'm here with David Trammell, good friend, musician, songwriter, and general manager for Taco E Vino, the award-winning restaurant here in Oak Cliff. Yes, sir. 213 West 8th Street, Dallas, Texas, 75208. A year ago, our niece Allison recommended that we check out Taco E Vino. We headed in, and within seconds, David and I are talking music. The restaurant has an ever-expanding collection of vinyl LPs that they sonically explore for the clientele every day. Every trip there, some new music or music I hadn't heard in a while grabs me. Great stuff. I've been trying to get David on the show for quite a while to talk music. This is great. Muddy's handed off the mic to, uh, to David, so here we go. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hey, glad to have you, David. Yep, yep. It's great, man. Yep. Let's start at the beginning. How did you get into the music in the beginning? So... My 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 father was in a band called the Fireballs. Oh. their hit was uh, Sugar Shack. Uh, but my my dad had already left the band at that time. Well, that was uh, a to, pretty damn big hit. Yeah, uh, to make uh, yeah to make uh, three children with my mom. So yeah, right. Yeah, the life of the there's financial a, living of an artist yeah, is tough. There's a story there. I think his name was Sonny James. Uh, actually bought my uh, dad's bus ticket uh, back home to Raton, New Mexico, 
and uh, he he basically said like this this isn't the life for you. Really? <laughs> you need to go home. You need to go. You need to go marry that girl. So uh, yeah. So I have. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And and, and Sonny and, James is that's a that's a mm-hmm. pretty big name guy, right? So uh, anyone that comes out of that genre, I always ask if they've heard of the Fireballs and. One of them that I got to ask was Junior Brown. Damn. He played at Kessler, I think it was about a year and a half ago. And it's easily the second or third time I've seen Junior Brown. Yeah, he come, he plays the Granada and the he's, Kessler at least once he's a year. amazing. But I, I, got a, I finally got a, a, a signed photograph from him and... Uh, I was like, yeah, you ever heard the fireballs? He goes, oh yeah. He's like, I'm I'm from, like Clovis or Raton. Yeah, Clovis. Show. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, that's weird. So that I would say is the beginning of my musical ear. I was a young kid. Of course, we had you know grandma's piano, and I'm at the piano playing the theme to Star Wars that I had remembered in my head. So I have my dad's ear and my mom. You just like, figured it out yeah, on your own. Yeah, by my ear. And my mom's like, that's it. We're putting them in piano lessons, which. You I, didn't sing it the way Bill Murray sang it on Saturday Night Live. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Star so, Wars. <laughs> no, nothing but Star that. Wars. That's amazing. Never, that's never mind. I love, I love that. That's, that's the best. <laughs> But yeah, so Star Wars uh, was my conduit into uh, you know my mom being aware that I have uh, an ear for music. Yeah, damn right. She said, "That's it. We're putting him in uh, piano lessons." Um, which you know, as a as a kid, you're just like, you know, right? You're learning like cinco patata. and uh, you're just like, "When are we getting out of here? When can I go skateboard and?" Drink Coca Colas, um, and then in middle school, my piano teacher suggested there's something out there called sheet music, and I'm like, "Well, what is that?" She's like, "Well, it's songs that you like um, that <laughs> the notation is out there, and we can learn songs that you like." Uh, and I was like, "Cool." So. That ended up being uh, Open Arms and Faithfully by Journey. And so I'm learning songs that, you know, I already have a feel for. Right. You know, and I just got to learn how to... how to, how to to Coordinate the hands. With yeah. It, yeah. And so I start playing these songs at the piano at Carpenter, Carpenter Middle School. And... Uh, the girls just start sitting on the bench with me and I'm like, Oh, I get it now. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Here here in Dallas? In Plano, Plano, yeah. Texas. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Yeah. And then um most of my skateboard friends, uh, at the age of fourteen, we all traded our skateboards in for electric guitars. And uh yeah, you know, I wanted to be uh, you know, a little bit like George Lynch from Dawkins, but I just I'm more like BB King meets Santana. I'm just like that, that's that's, that's more my style than. But I always had the friends that 
could just really rip on a guitar. I'm like, I want to learn like that. I want to play like that. It's just, but that's not my style. Yeah. So uh, I've come into my own by it. And I had a, a band at 15 years old. We were called Up With The Jones. We all went to Jesuit in the ninth grade uh, and put this band together. And we learned three songs from everyone, Van Halen to R.E.M. to the Beatles, you know, so we were we were a cover band, so we could play like uh, yeah, but pretty, socials and but stuff. But pretty pretty big spread there. I mean, yeah, Van very, Halen, from Van Halen to and the ELO, Beatles. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was great. So you had a, you had to have a keyboardist then, probably right? Or? Well, I played the keyboard. That's okay. that's one of my that's one of the dumbest things I've ever done. We played a talent show, <laughs> and we played "Light My Fire," of course, okay. by the Doors. Um, and instead of doing homework. Um, I was learning the keyboard part and the guitar solo. So, and you know, at that age, like no one wants to hear, you know, a 15 minute long song. It's just like, ugh. so when I look back at that now, I'm like, well, that was kind of a waste of time. You know, <laughs> everyone wants like a three minute song and we're doing so you did the whole- fire and did the whole thing. Oh, did you really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So. That was kind of a yeah. That would so that. But obviously, you have the skill to learn what you want. Yeah, I. I, I, so, I mean, I, I'm sure you told your teacher that I, that's what you did, and she appreciated that. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Up the Jones was my first um, uh, getting into learning other people's songs, and then one day I. I decided to write my own song. And of course, uh, a huge fan of uh, Bowie, like Ground Control. So it's very, this song is called Cold Front, and it's basically ripping off, you know, Bowie. Uh, But uh, we, I, I brought the song Cold Front to Up With The Jones, and I was like, hey, I... I actually wrote something. They're like, all right, so let's learn it. And uh, the drummer's dad, where we rehearsed, is watching, uh, trying to watch, you know, uh, football on a Sunday afternoon. And we're in there, like, trying to learn, you know. And we finally, we got it. It's like, okay, well, it goes this many times and and this key change and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I can just imagine the parents being like, oh, my God. I mean, we probably... We were so excited. We're like, hey, we got our own song now. And uh, we must have played it for the next two hours, you right. know, while dad's in there watching the Cowboys versus the Redskins. Just like, ugh, really, guys? But uh, so once that happened, uh, we we started writing our own songs. And uh, so... Really good. Yeah. So well, I've, I've been a songwriter since I was 15. His dad may not have been happy, but that, as we know, that's how it works. I love I love Jackson Brown's story of, or I mean, Glenn Fry's story mm-hmm. about living above Jackson Brown yeah. and learning, listening to Jackson Brown yeah. super early in the morning, just yep. working his way almost bar to bar through a song until he got it to where he wanted it that's after amazing. after weeks of work. I know? love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, music is is the blood, yeah, for a lot of us. So your so your band was so you stopped being a cover band to a certain extent, or well, yeah. You eventually, we did our. We eventually we paid for our own studio time, and you know made cassette tapes and 
kick uh, ass CDs eventually, and uh, yeah, it was fun. We did a we did a lot of good things. There was uh, some clubs uh, in Fort Worth and Dallas um, that would call for us. You know, that's great. Like you actually bring out a great crowd. A really great drinking crowd, even though you're like 17 and 18. And you can't drink, right, right. Yeah, well, figured that one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the club owners, they, they loved us because we brought a good good crowd. So Cool. Yeah. All right. So you carry that out, and when everybody starts going off to college or whatever, things break up? or Absolutely. I go to Denton. Uh, I go to a... Jazz clinic and camp, like week long camp, uh, to to learn jazz guitar. Like I tell Serious my mom, stuff. yeah, I, I tell my mom that's what I want to do, and she's like, "Don't do that, you know, get your basics over with." But like in high school, my senior year, like half my classes were music. Like I was in jazz, really? I was in jazz and theory and composition and all that. So. I wanted to keep that going, of course, at UNT. Um, my mom kind of talked me out of that, or she did talk me out of it. But I still lived in Denton most of the 90s, so I got to be part of a band called Ting, T-I-N-G. Okay. It's actually, they got the name from it from uh, one of them visiting Jamaica. There's a like lemon-lime yeah, uh, soda drink called Ting. And I think I kind of yeah. That. So yeah. we, uh, that was our name, and uh, I became like the second guitarist for the group. And and again, it was one of those like I'm learning their songs, and then I bring one to the table, and then you know I I started writing for them. And uh, what was it, Rick's place up in Denton? Yeah, right. Um, we made the uh, the bands that don't suck shirt and uh david garza actually requested uh us to open up for him he's playing at uh kessler this saturday kick ass and we're, we're going as a as a band because it's almost like a reunion but yeah you won't be playing but you're gonna go check him out but yeah david garza is uh definitely one of my local favorites from like 20 years ago yeah so that's gonna be great and i remember him and Michael Hale, uh, his uh, amazing drummer. You know, you're opening up for a bigger band and you're playing a solo and you look over your shoulder and these guys are like looking up at you like, what do you got, kid? But right. they were they right. were affirming, you know, that you got it, you're good. And I was like, wow. You know, there was no reason to be nervous because they just confirmed that, you know, yeah, had it. So yeah, that, that, that was a moment for me. So is, I'll be doing that, that for him, right. for them this Saturday. I'll be on the sidelines with my arms crossed. <laughs> you got it, you got it, kid. Uh, Checking out the chops, totally. And and then Ting broke up. People started having kids and getting married. Yeah, lucked into starting a band, which is the only band that I've been in that is on vinyl and it's up at Taco Evino. Michael Gardner, uh, who's an artist who like became a musician, which was an awesome thing to be a part of, you know, he, so and, you saw him he and I were like, you know, I'm not going to say McCartney Lennon, but we had that 
super amazing vibe between us that I could play anything on guitar and he would just just write on the spot and we'd be like, well, that's a keeper. Uh, brought George Reagan in from Hagfish and he played bass for us and he actually paired us up together. He's like, you guys need to know about each other. And uh, it can be a small world. Yeah. So Telly um, is the only band I've been in that made it to vinyl. And uh, we were fortunate enough to be asked to open up for Trip and Daisy on Halloween night. Yeah. Probably in 97, maybe 98. Yeah, we had Tim DeLauder as a guest on this show yeah, a, a, yeah, a, a exactly. few months back. Right, right. So, yeah, I saw Ten Hands uh, this past Saturday at Kessler and Oscar yeah. DeLauder uh, got to open up. So, yeah, it's it's coming around full circle. Isn't that so wild? It is wild. It is wild. And my, my kid's about the same age. He turns uh, uh, 18 here in two weeks. So, and we're totally about to start writing songs with her in mind. So That's great. Yeah. Yeah, That's she, cool. She, she also has the gift. Does she? I love <laughs> a little, it. A little more than I do. She's got an uh, artist side, too. So That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So you've listed p- piano and, and guitar, but you mentioned before we started the interview, you play all, a ton of different I stuff. I play everything right? but a reed instrument. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually, in fifth grade, um, uh if you wanted to be in music, you could pick one of three instruments. And I, I listed those. And my top, I wanted to play flute. My second... Your top was, was the flute? Yeah. My second was maybe trumpet. And uh, the third, I don't even remember. But Did you like Jethro Tull or something? Or? I, I don't know why. I think I just <laughs> I wanted the challenge, you know? That's and, a, and, yeah, that's a different and, and and saxophones and and flutes and people that play them like Shelley Carroll are just amazing. It blows me away. It it blows my mind. Yeah. Um I I honestly can't wrap my head around it. But uh my mm. first choice was flute and the music teacher uh suggested that my embouchure was more fitting for a trombone. So interesting. I played trombone happily from sixth grade to twelfth grade. And my biggest accolade there was floating back and forth between first and uh, second chair with a great friend, uh, Matthew Tolzman. Uh, He lives up in Chicago now. But we would always trade off through the years, you know, first and second chair. And then in high school, I didn't give so much a darn about it. And then uh, come 12th grade, uh, our senior year, there was an opportunity to um, audition for West Side Story. And Matthew Tolzman and myself were the the only two uh, trombones chosen to do it. And it's the most difficult but rewarding thing that I've done like musically. It where was where was it conducted? Uh Plano East. Yeah. High school. Yeah. I love it. It was amazing. Like I had to oh, take, so a, I had to take private lessons for it because uh there were the notes were off the page. The notes were so high uh really? that it reached like where a trumpet starts. 
And yeah, so I had to take private lessons just to just to get through that. And I almost quit. I was like, "This is this is brutal. This is too hard." And, uh, it was the most rewarding thing ever because you know you learn the music as an orchestra, as well as the actors learning their dance right. and song, and then you got to put the two together. And we we all hated each other. We're like, y'all. Y'all are screwing this up. Like, this is the downbeat. Like, this is when, you know, I mean, it broke a lot of spirits, but if you hung on, it was like the most rewarding thing. Yeah, it had done. to be exhilarating when, yeah, you, when you it. was get amazing. It. Yeah, Len- Leonard Bernstein was b- brilliant on that, yeah. baby. He was brilliant. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Well, you still, you're still writing music, right? I'm still writing music. I just, I, uh, I aim to be heard now. I like it. That's good. I don't really need to write any more songs. I'm trying to like get people to discover songs that I've written over the past 20 years. Good. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of what's happening. How do you go about doing that? Well, you have people with uh, better voices sing your songs. <laughs> um, so uh, that'll lead me to um, writing uh, Birds of a Feather, I wrote it um, when I lived downtown about 10 years ago. Uh, Had a bunch of fun with it. And I had a a friend that was like, man, we should totally do like a, like kazoo orchestra at the end of it. You know, I was like, cool. So it never came to fruition until about two years ago. Um, So I utilized uh, Salim Nerala's Pleasantry Lane studios and madison king uh, i proposed the idea to her that uh hey i've got this song right and i want you to sing it she showed up and she did she did it in two takes because you don't know if right they're actually listening to it or they're gonna have to rehearse it the studio was filled with nothing but amazing like musicians and men and she's in there singing the first take. It just sounds beautiful and harmonious. And uh, the the track ended, and she's like, "Oh, how was that?" And Salim's like, "Well, how do you feel about it?" She's like, "Well, I felt like my voice cracked back there." And I just look amongst the room of males, and all their jaws were dropped open, <laughs> like. That was flawless. <laughs> but um, okay, let's do another take and right. uh, see if uh, how you feel about that. So she did it in two takes. Um, I had Jonathan Fisher, who is uh, uh, one of the guys that uh, has a jazz trio, uh, plays at Balcony Club, and uh, I, he did stand-up bass on it. And he also did it in like two takes. And we have this two and a half minute long song that uh, is there to be heard. Yeah, and, and I w- was going to ask you, uh, folks, you can check it out up on Spotify, correct? And iTunes un- under Mister Blue Sky and put Mr. a Blue Sky. Put a period behind the MR though, put right? A, correct. MR period Blue Sky and look for artists, uh, yeah, not songs, right? right. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, like five different Blue Sky things came up on the screen. Yeah, but uh, you were you were there on the front screen, cool. And then, but I was going to ask you specifically about. 
the ending of the song because I was going, that was really cool. What mm-hmm. were you doing there? And that that's was the, the kazoos. Yeah, and I, I couldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed it was kazoos. Right. Right, yeah, it was right. really cool. Yeah, it's kind of a like a fun little Beatles White Album, yeah, moment, and just kind of keeps climbing. Yeah, and then it's just gone like a bird. Yeah, yeah. it's it's probably one of my favorite uh, recordings done in a studio. It was my uh, best friend, easily twenty five years now. Uh, it was his birthday, so there was uh, a bottle of whiskey at the studio and. Um, he was one of the kazoo players. <laughs> and was even Salim's like, so uh, what do you want to do next? I was like, well, we need to do the kazoos, uh, which I bought at Froggy's that day, which is four days before Christmas. It was a horrible idea. I had to park behind, like, on the border. It was, I'm like, I just need some kazoos. Uh, he's like, well. So you, but you got the top, top-rated top kazoos, right? I did, yeah. <laughs> Not just for kids. <laughs> yeah, the the honer the honer kazoos mm, totally. <laughs> but Salim, it was it was it was very uh, endearing. He's like, okay, so what's next? I was like, well, we got to do the kazoo uh, solo or harmony, whatever. He's like, okay, you you've already got that like mapped out. I was like, oh no, we're gonna we'll figure it out. And how and how many people are playing the kazoo? Three. Three of them. Okay. A, it's a kazoo choir. So the first chair, second chair, and third yes, chair. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And how many takes? We did that in two. We did that in really. Two That's pretty Again, damn good. Yeah, yeah. So it was a beautiful day. The whole event um, took under two hours, and rolled a tape. I mean, yeah. So uh, teared up because for me it gives me. A slight validation. Uh, it's the first song that I, I not got on the radio, but got on Spotify and iTunes. Yeah, there's a line in there. Um, They're afraid of my dreams, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what was that about? I don't know. I don't know where I was ten years ago. Okay, all uh, right. I, li- I, I like but, that. Yeah, they're afraid of my dreams, but I fly in my dreams. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, yeah. That was good. That's great stuff. I love it. Well, I see that you brought a guitar. I did. Can you play a song for us? Uh, I can, but I need to lead up to it. Okay, please, give us an intro. I should probably play Potion. Potion, Um, okay. Potion is the second song that I released because after Birds of a Feather, sung by Madison King, you know, for me to say, hey, this is my song, they're like, well, you're not, but... I don't hear. I'm like, well, I I wrote it. I played the guitar, so uh, I got over that with like, well, I'll I'll sing my next song, and I did uh, Potion, which is me singing, and Megan Miller, who is a talented uh, local violinist, and she's right, yeah, 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 yeah. and she, uh, yeah, she nailed it. Also in a couple of takes. So, yeah. and this is also up on uh, Mr. The, Blue Sky Spotify. Correct, correct. As well. Yeah, this is my it's my second release song on on Spotify. So, yeah, cool. I'll I'll play Potion for you. All right, I love it. Yeah. Thank you, David. Let, let's let him set up. Sad to say, but at least I loved you 
jump through Oh, oh, oh When the tensions rise And the liquor spills to meet you I'm only running to hide Against the weight From all that denies you Oh, oh, oh. oh, David Potion. I love it, man. That was great. Hey, I, I thought it was interesting how you held off on the phrase in my heart till the very end of the song. What, what was your thinking on that? Oh, uh, great question, man. Um, I, uh, I, I guess um, I like a little restraint. Um, there's also the line softer than a cannonball. Uh, I don't really know how you gauge that. That's not that's not much. That's not much. That's uh, not much. It's just one of my. It's it, the whole song is is real poignant. Um, trying to figure it out with a with a lover, you know. Yeah. And um, and 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 what to do about it, and trying to find out whether there's a a, a potion out there that would uh, make you stay. In my heart, see, and, and and that's the beauty of lyrics, man. Is I mean, you're you're doing an exploration, and uh, and somebody listens to it. It may be have different meaning to them, but probably still stay stay in the vein of a lover. But those words can trigger a lot of different. Oh, things. absolutely, yeah, and that's everything, everything. Right. That's what's fascinating about it. The 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 funnest part about being a songwriter is recognizing that the lyrics are universal and they're for everybody. Uh, so sometimes I'm writing stuff down just to fill in spacing and and a melody. Yeah, the count. And I'm the... like, ah, that doesn't make sense. But then you're like, but it is art. Yeah. But I need so many syllables. Yeah, exactly. And and you do. You you write words that you know that fit uh inside your 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 progression 
but as I'm writing them to fit, I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, what is it? So it's almost like something is being informed through you and you, as an artist, it's like, you know, it's like someone asking, um, uh, an artist that paints like, well, well, what did you mean by this? It's just like, yeah, right. right. It's, it's, yeah. it's for you to figure out, right. you know, that's, yeah. that was just the moment that was that it, I had my own personal attachment to it, but, uh, it's fun to step back and be like, where did this come from? And is this yeah. for me or is this from me? Is this for somebody else? Like, you know, and then, were, were you the muse? Were right. you just a transport? Were absolutely. you just a vessel? Absolutely, in a and yeah. that's the way I see it. I do, I do see it as uh, being a vessel of you know. Because I'm like, well, when did that happen to me? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. That was, that, well, no, that was in your third life back. Yeah, right? easily, <laughs> easily. Hey, you did had a gig recently at Spinster Records, right? Yes. Tell yes. us. It, it it couldn't have been uh, a and more this is downtown Oak Cliff, right? Well, downtown Oak Cliff. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Well, good, you know, good point. Good yeah, point. Yeah, Davis and Tyler. Uh, yeah, nice little wedge, right? Right? Uh, right behind Tiny Victories. Yeah. So they're another band that I used to watch twenty years ago. Uh, along with David Garza, uh, was a band called Course of Empire. Um, they had two drummers, uh, one of which was the sound guy of Curtain Club for the past umpteenth years. And then there was uh, Michael Jerome, who I've actually had the uh, benefit of recording with. He recorded some drums with on the telly album that made cool. it to vinyl. Uh, we've stayed in touch through the years. Mike Graff is, was Course of Empire's guitarist. So Jerome and Graff have formed recently a um, tribal psychedelic rock uh, outfit called Halls of the Machine. Yeah. Um, which I have on vinyl at work, signed. Um, <laughs> and I started putting these songs out on Spotify, and Mike Graff uh, was like, man, this is good stuff. Like, is this is this you? I'm like, yeah. He's like, this is good, man. He's like, uh, I'm going to be in town uh, the last weekend of June, what say you and I put a show together? Kick ass. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, uh fumbling, like, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> and I, I did. I, I went straight to Spinster and friends with them, uh, Kate and uh, Dave Grover, the owner. And um, I, I was like, what do you got on the books on Sunday, June 30th? She's like, nothing. I was like, Put Mr. Blue Sky down, and the rest will follow. And it did, and it went unbelievably. So got to do my Mr. Blue Sky outfit uh, with members of uh, the band Little Giants. 
And then uh, Mike Hamilton joined me for my instrumental uh, uh, music project called Starving Lights, which literally just happened. And there was no, like, there was no rehearsal for either one of these. Isn't and, it awesome? and yeah, it was yeah, because, awesome. because it makes you listen. And so, good point. Yeah. And it, it was all new. It was fresh on our ears as well as, you know, the audience. Um, and then the kicker was um, Halls of the Machine, uh, Graf and Jerome finished it out. And it was just, it couldn't have been a, a more exciting, uh, successful show. I had uh, a liquor rep, uh, Teeling's Irish Whiskey. I had uh, my best friend, Brent Thompson of uh, Texas L Project, sponsor the beer that night. So, and it was a good turnout. It was like probably up to like 60 people on yeah. a Sunday night. Yeah. You know. That's was, good. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, that's good. And it's like, ugh, we should have charged them. <laughs> well, but you're going to do it again, right? We're going to do it again. Um, it was such a success. I saw David Grover the next day getting coffee, and he's like, thank you, man. I was like, no, thank you. He's like, no, that was that was a success. He's like, let's do that again. I said, Absolutely. And uh, same with uh, Mike Graff, who I've kept in touch with uh, about the gig. He's like, man, that was really, that was really awesome. I was like, yeah. He's like, we should do that again, um, maybe in September. Uh, Graff lives in Little Rock with his wife, and Jerome lives in L.A. Oh, wow. So they're not even local boys anymore. Um, So, but we'll we'll line it up, and we'll absolutely... uh, do it again. So how will you promote it so we can so my listeners can find find you in September? Well, uh You'll let me know so I can let them. Yeah, know. absolutely. Uh follow uh Mr. Blue Sky Band on Instagram. Ah, very good. And okay. then um what else? Oh, Georgia in Dallas, that is a YouTube channel. Uh my good friend Georgia Peach. Um she goes to all the shows and she records them. So, uh, and goes, like, she edits maybe a little bit, but uh, within a day or two of your your performance, she'll post it up on YouTube. And it's Georgia, Georgia all one word, Georgia, Georgia in, in Dallas, Dallas on YouTube. Okay. You follow her, and, yeah, she's, she's, she's capturing all local talents uh, most, most nights here in Dallas. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. Hey, I heard you got uh, you. You've got it. You you didn't pack your guitar away, so I'm thinking you got one more song for us, right? Yeah, easily. And um, that is, it's called the dying, and um, you know, real uplifter, huh? Yeah. Well, it is good in a way. Good. And 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 I'm gonna say that 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 is my strength as a songwriter is that I'm 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 super candid. Uh, I wrote a song about my dying grandma once and played it for my mom. And she's just like, ooh, that's a little, like, you know, brooding. I'm like, well, yeah, so is grandma dying, Uh, you know. But it was still a beautiful song. Just the subject was a little dark than she'd hoped for. I'm not singing about mint chocolate chip, you know, ice cream. 
But you're uh, talking about reality. Reality. And the reality is uh, the song The Dying, I had, um, I had two... I had two, I'd say, pivotal people uh, pass away on the same weekend. And uh, one of them was Graham Brotherton, uh, and he worked at Kessler Theater. Um, well, the drummer? He is. A, he yeah, was, I yeah, know. I know. Yeah, yeah Graham, yeah, little Graham. Yeah, I know Graham. Great, uh, just great spirit. Yeah. Uh, we had a backwards handshake, like we, we made fun of each other, but like respected each other at the same time. And we just, you know, poked fun at each other, like, like brothers. It, it was slightly expected, um, but I didn't know it was going to happen that weekend. Right. That's what I heard. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, it, 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 it's, it still tears, uh, the Kessler family up. Uh, as well as all of us. I mean, he's 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 one year older than I am, and that's another thing that puts that into right. reality check. And then, just as discouraging uh, was Jason Wortham, who again was in amazing bands, uh, Dove Hunter was one of his latest. They're phenomenal. Uh, their Southern Junction album you can find on Spotify, and it, it's killer. I mean, it's a, it is a killer album. Uh, Quincy on the drums. Um, and then before that, uh, he was in a, a band that I loved and saw at Dan's Silverleaf and... Um, with uh with Matt Lear they just they had an amazing uh they were called Mandarin there it is uh just amazing like integrated uh guitar structures floating in and out of each other um and I I used to watch them at the original dance silverleaf just be blown away so he if I could describe him uh shortly it's just it, it, to me, it's like if if Nick Drake was still around, he kind of had that that wispy, you know, voice. Edge. Like he could yeah. he could kind of whisper it, and it still sounded amazing. Yeah, yeah a little yeah. edge to it. And so there are a couple songs that I've written, pretty much emulating Jason Wortham in the band Mandarin. And so as of late, I had this riff and I tried to like give it to friends and be like, hey, like sing over this, see what you feel. Uh, but losing uh, Graham and Jason that same weekend, um, I was like, I'm, I'm going to keep this and I'm going Good. to, this is, this, this song is an homage to them and it's called The Dying and, uh. Yeah, they both lost their uh, lives to cancer, um, and yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Good. And and again, as a vessel, I try to hear what I would imagine Jason singing over my guitar riff. Cool. So that's what I came up with, but. 
nowhere near the as cool voice as he had. Um, but I, I, I could hear him singing it, and that's how the lyrics came about. Good. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Let's let you set up, and we'll do that song. Right on. Fantastic. Thanks, brother.
Remember, check out Mr. Blue Sky up on Spotify and Instagram. Be sure to put a period after the Mr. MR period, Blue Sky, one word. Also, one way to keep up with some of the local DFW artists, Google Georgia in Dallas, YouTube. Tons of video, video clips of local artist performances will come up for your selection. David, my message from this week's podcast is that there's a lot of great musical talent out there in your neck of the woods. I happen to be in Dallas-Fort Worth, so there's tons here, but I know there's tons wherever you are. So next week, head to a local music venue. Pull up a chair, sit back, and listen. Also, remember next time you're in Oak Cliff, head over to Taco e Vino, 213 West 8th Street, Dallas, Texas, zip code 75208, 213 West 8th Street. Say hey to David and ask him to play his, his telly album, maybe Halls of the Machine, which was mentioned in our show or thumb through their vinyl selection and pick one of your choice for the turntable to spin. Take care, and be safe out there, okay? Is this a dream? I won't hurt.